Thank you. Good evening. Yo. I did not want to interrupt that worship. I was reminded of, of a scripture in Isaiah 6, where the seraphim declare, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And then Isaiah responds, Woe is me. It's all over. I'm ruined. For I'm a sinful man. And I'm kind of feeling like that tonight. It's like, who are we to interfere in this, this romantic date that the father has with his bride? That's kind of what I'm feeling like. So um, there's a sense of inadequacy. But let's see, see what happens. Yeah, Merva said that we'll, we plan to talk about the Holy Spirit. And that's also kind of awkward for me because it's like speaking, say I speak about Nikki, but Nikki's standing here, and I'm speaking about Nikki, but he's standing right here, you know, like he's in the room, and tonight the Holy Spirit is here. So I'm like, I don't know where to look, you know, because the Holy Spirit is here and I'm talking about him. So that's, I don't know, that felt, I got an awkward sense uh, about that. Anyway. Most of us, if I look across the room, most of us have been students at some point in time. I'm talking about really like students, like in your late teens, early 20s. Remember your first car? Okay. How many of you have driven and then your fuel gauge is like on, E is not for enough, eh? E is for empty, you know? And your fuel gauge is there, and you're like, oh, I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it, and you hoping that you'll make it, but sometimes you don't make it. Who have, who have gotten stuck without fuel in their cars? Okay, I definitely also have. And you feel like, oh, I should have, I should have just added another five rand in those days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Now that's not even the tip, eh? Yeah. Yeah. And, and then you think, oh, I just needed fuel. And that doesn't matter whether you have an old, like, a VW jalopy or whether you have a Ferrari. None of them are going to go anywhere without fuel. And you know, if you, if you run out of fuel and you're on a hill, and it's like a coast, you're on a mountain pass, you know, and you're on, it's like a coast down into the town, you know, the, you can just like put it into neutral or, you know, and just coast down. And you actually, you don't even have fuel, but you're going okay. So when things are going downhill, you know, in a good way, it doesn't require much, much effort. But if you run out of fuel on, an, on, on level, you have to push it, Okay. I remember in, in the early years when we were married, Jeanette, we're still married, but when we were married, the first few years of marriage, it's sort of that way, Jeanette had to go to work. We had this old Land Rover Defender. Now, that's a two-ton vehicle, and it wasn't because of fuel. It was because of a battery, but Jeanette had to, in high heels, going to work. I was already at work. She would have to push start that thing. Uh, I was very impressed by it, and then run to catch the car and jump in and I don't know how, how nobody got injured in that process, but that happened, especially in winters when the batteries are, are cold. But when it, a car's on level ground, you have to push it, and it's hard. And when it's uphill, it's virtually impossible and actually quite dangerous because now you have to let go and get to the handbrake before this thing picks up speed, you know? So it can get quite dangerous. So not having fuel can actually be, be, be difficult. And... I want to suggest that it's the same with the Holy Spirit. Sometimes 
we coast along and life for some reason is okay and we're running downhill and you don't realize that you really you can do this without you can do this without the holy spirit but on level ground or especially uphill it will be downright dangerous without without the holy spirit we need fuel whether your life is a ferrari or a little vw beetle it will go nowhere it's a paperweight without the holy spirit the same picture our life here is hard you know our lives are hard but the one difference that we have to any other religion any other religion is you can reach fulfillment you can you must just work harder at it you must just try harder then you can reach full enlightenment you know you can just push harder and christianity is the exact opposite we cannot do it we cannot we have to get the holy spirit otherwise it, it's it's lost do not even try it I looked this, this weekend at just a few, actually Jeanette reminded me of, because I'm talking about the Spirit. She said, have you looked at all the things the Spirit is and all the things the Spirit does? Because I know we do encounter the Holy Spirit here. I mean, we encountered Him right now. And I think most of us at least once a day go, thank you, Holy Spirit, thank you that you're here. And that's a good thing. I quickly want to run just through a few words. If you do a study of, of Scripture, this is what you'll see, what the Holy Spirit... Firstly, it's what it is, okay? The Trinity, third person in the Trinity, okay? Part of the Father and the Son. He is eternal. He is omnipotent. That means all-powerful, okay? He is omniscient. That's all-knowing. There's nothing the Holy Spirit doesn't know. He's omnipresent. That's why Jesus said, I'm going to send you a helper, because he's here. He's in this room. I'm talking so weird. I'm talking about the Spirit, but the Spirit is here. He's creator. Genesis refers to him as creator. He hovered over the waters in creation before the earth was formed. He's sovereign. He speaks. He teaches. He strives with sinners. I'm not going to go into these. I just want to touch these as touch points. You can look at this in your quiet times and work it through. He comforts. He helps our infirmities. He can be grieved. He can be resisted. He renews. He convicts men and women. Christ is conceived by the Holy Spirit. In the same way, the same creative work that happened in creation, the Spirit hovered over the waters. The Spirit hovered over Mary. He creates. Miracles are performed by the Spirit. People have been anointed by the Spirit. Fooled by the Spirit. Raised by the Spirit. Justified by the Spirit. He speaks through prophets. All scripture. He regenerates. He indwells. Fancy words here. He anoints. He baptizes. He guides, he empowers, he sanctifies, he comforts, he gives joy, he gives discernment, he bears fruit, he gives gifts, he fills, he baptizes. He appoints, he sends out missionaries. 
you think it's your idea to go somewhere in an outreach? He directs missionaries. He comforts the church. He sanctifies the church. He awaits, he awaits Christ's glorification. How beautiful is that? And he points to God. That's just, there's, there's more, but I'm going to stop reading stuff now. Okay. So for me, that was, I was looking at these things like, wow, he's doing all these things. He can do all these things. He doesn't grow tired. Acts 2 verse 17. Mario, can you throw that up, please? So this spirit that I spoke about now. In the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. And your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit upon all my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. We are in those last days. And this is a quote from Joel, but it's in Acts, because Peter is saying this. And that's what's happening. And Peter speaks with confidence here, with the power of the Holy Spirit, and 3,000 get saved. So, Paul was a coward at one point. You know, the, oh, sorry, Peter, sorry, Paul. The Peter, he was a coward. I always confuse the P's. Peter was, you know, he was scared to acknowledge that he knew Jesus at the time of, cru of crucifixion. And I wonder how many of us will also be like that. But a few days later, the Spirit is upon him. And he, he speaks this. And more than 3,000 men get saved. Probably 9,000 people. We don't know. Thousands of people get saved. Why? Because the Spirit is upon him. So the Spirit empowers him with boldness. And there's a harvest. You see that? And there's a harvest. I want to, one of my main points tonight is the purpose of the Holy Spirit is for a harvest. It's for a harvest. It's not for ourselves. Mervis said in the meeting before, Mervis said something so beautifully. He said, the Spirit does fill us, and He fills us to overflowing. And sometimes we, we just need it, and sometimes we need to take it out and let it spill over. Because He fills us with a purpose of the lost. He fills us with a purpose of the harvest, not just for ourselves. If we just keep it for ourselves, we like, it becomes like stagnant water. Water gets stinky if you just keep it in a bottle or you just keep it closed. But if it flows, it stays clean. It stays clean. And He will re refill us. Matthew 28, verse 19 to 20. Jesus speaks. You all know this. He says, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he, at the end of verse 20, He says, And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That's the Spirit. The Spirit is with you. Always. When? If you, always. If you go and make disciples. It's part of, that's, it's one message. Go and I'll be with you. It's for the harvest. The Spirit will be with you for the harvest. So the Holy Spirit... We can all know stuff about him. 
but it's better to know Him. He wants to draw us into a relationship with Him. If you, if you are, if you say with full conviction you are saved today, you might not feel it, but you have the Holy Spirit in you. You couldn't be saved without the Holy Spirit. There's no way. It's impossible. I'll get into that a little bit more now. You cannot become saved and stay saved without the Holy Spirit. Only by the Spirit can you do that. John 3 verse 5, Jesus explains to Nicodemus, the truth is, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. So no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of the water and the Spirit. If you don't have it, you're not saved, we can't enter the, in the kingdom of God. So, so the Holy Spirit stays intimately involved in our walk. And because we are sinful, we can quench the Spirit. And I don't know about you, but we sin every day. So we need the Spirit every day. Firstly, it empowers us to sin less, but we need the Spirit. Ephesians 5, verse 18 to 19, we don't have to go there, but it says, keep being filled by the Holy Spirit. Keep being filled. I see you all looking up. Okay, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Let the Holy Spirit fill and control you. Then you'll be able to sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, make music and worship. Let the Holy Spirit fill and control you. It's not a once-off thing. Like, yes, I remember I was saved. The Holy Spirit was there. I got goosebumps. It was such an amazing thing. I felt light, and then I gave my life to the Lord. That was five years ago. I haven't felt him since, but I'm saved. There's so much more for you, if that's how you feel. There's so much more for you. God has so much more for you. The Spirit has so much more for you. That is like myself marrying Jeanette 19 years ago, and I don't see you again for the 19 years. Yes, I'm married. I'm married. But I don't have a marriage, if that's the case. You know, once or, or, or you have a child. You come out of the hospital. Yes, I have a child, but if you don't nurture that child, you don't develop in a relationship with that child, are you really a parent? Do you, have a, do you have a child? So let it be the same with the Spirit. Not, okay, I received the Spirit, the Spirit convicted me, I got saved, I love Jesus, and it's a head thing, but you're not walking with the Spirit, then that relationship is not going to grow, and you're not going to be effective for what the Lord wants you to do. Romans 12, and this wasn't even, not even on yet. Romans 12 speaks about you making your body a living sacrifice. You know that famous, well-known scripture, do not be conformed by this world, but be transformed. Ne? Some heads nodding. Okay, good. And then it says, and then you will know what the Lord's will is. He is good and perfect and pleasing will. So only when you walk with the Spirit can you conform can you renew your mind and then you'll know what you need to do and you, know, you, you will know what the, mind, the Lord's mind is for you. That is the walk. Not, okay, I'm a Christian, I'll come on Sundays. It's a relationship and it's for the harvest. An example, John 20 verse 22. Just like uh, Denise, you spoke about breathing, breathing on them. John 20 verse 22, then Jesus breathed on them and said to them, receive 
the Holy Spirit. That's to his disciples. In Acts 2, quite a while later, the same disciples has to wait and they receive the Holy Spirit. So what happened in between? They got the Spirit. Jesus, I mean, you don't get the Spirit any more than Jesus breathing on you, you know. So you got, they got the Spirit there. Why did they need to get the Spirit again in Acts 2? The same disciples, the same people. Because we can get filled with it over and over and more and more. And it's an ongoing relationship. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was poured out on some specific people. And you see examples of that. But in the New Testament, that's what, it's, what Peter speaks about when he reads about in the last days. It's on all people. And we're living in the New Testament. Baptism in water is one personal surrender. Normally it's a once-off because you've chosen to surrender. And that's good. But baptize, baptism in the Spirit can be over and over. Because we need to get more equipped, more empowered to love prophesy and carry the fruit of the Spirit. We read the book of Acts and often it's referred to as the Acts of the Apostles, right? I want to challenge you to change it and say it's the Acts of the Holy Spirit. If you, if you have that as the title of that, that book, the book looks different. Just a little side note. Holy Spirit uses different people at different times. Uh, he uses Paul, Peter, Gentiles, Cornelius, all the disciples, all kinds of people. But it, there's no formula. You can't make him do something. It's a relationship. Now, often people ask, do I need to have signs of the Spirit to know that I have the Spirit? And I want to say not necessarily. So I don't want you to feel condemned if like I'm not experiencing anything that I see these crazies in the front experience. You know, that doesn't mean you're not saved. And the queer people say, or even say, often more conservative people or more traditional, I'm from an NGKAK, so I think I can say it. People go, well, well, do I have to experience that? You know, is it a must? Must I experience the Holy Spirit in the same way as these people? And I think that's the wrong question. It's not a question of, do I have to experience the Holy Spirit? It's, how much of Him can I experience? I want to like, challenge you to, to swing that, 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 that mindset. If I tell you, the first person that can run to me now will get a year's supply of free diesel or petrol. Okay, no, stop. It's fake news or fake news. Okay. Dangerous standing in front here. But that will be the response. That will be the response. It's a free gift. I didn't have to, hey Wayne, come on, come and take it. Come on, yeah. And you go, well, do I have to take it? No. He's, That's a gift. I'm going to get it. And it's going to empower me to drive, you know. The same with the Spirit. If I say the Spirit is here, we can access the Spirit. We can grow in a relationship with Him. Do we go, do I have to? You know, my parents in that church never did. We all stood in, sat in pews and, and the Spirit was there because I'm saved. I'm, they're going to heaven. You know, do I have to get this gift? Or, I want to get that gift. I want to get as much of it as I can, like Wayne did and, and lead it. You know? 
come and get your gift, man, and get the free top-ups. You know, get all the benefits of it. Hey, get like, you know, like what you have different kinds of diesels and super pure and high energy and all these things. Let's not ask the wrong question there. Let's get our free supply of diesel, man, of fuel, of rocket fuel. And then with that, with the overflow like Mervis speaks about, to go out. Because you have this car, not to just drive in circles. And you know, some people make these donuts, you see these tracks on the road. What's the point of those anyway? You just lose tire. You don't go anywhere. No, we're supposed to go. It's for the harvest. Our fuel tank gets full for the harvest to go somewhere. Often people, I get this quite a bit. And some, if you've done this, this is not on you, you know, seriously. But people will say, hey, can you pray for me? Uh, I need help in this, in this department, which is good. It's a church thing to do. It's part of the fellowship. Or, hey, I really need deliverance in this area. Can we make a date? And then we get some people around and we'll pray for you, which is also good. Do you know what will be better? You walking in relationship with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit imparting things in you, you getting the fruit of the Spirit, and those demons leaving because they can't be with the Spirit. That is, that's the ideal. That's how it should work. Now, we, would, we will pray for you because we love you. You know, we want each of us to go and be all we can be for Jesus. And God has a plan for us. And as leaders, we want to walk you out to get there. Absolutely. So we will do that. But this will be better. If you get into that relationship with Jesus, instead of deliverance and being prayed for, to be discipled well and to walk out in what God has for us in faith and to walk into the fruit of the Holy Spirit. What's that song? The fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, eh? That's a little kid's song. Yeah, if you have kids, you'll know it. But <laughs> not now. Jesus needed the Holy Spirit. If he needed the Holy Spirit, how much more do we need? He got conceived by the Holy Spirit. He was there at his baptism. It descended upon him. Throughout his ministry, all his miracles and his resurrection was by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is much more involved than we, than we I think, give him credit for or that we recognize. I'm almost done, Merv. Swans, can you please? Oh, so for Luca fast. Yeah, need is fine. It's okay. Sorry. Sinky fell on his lap. I love that always. For, for oh, Luca's now with, with Greta. It's okay. I love it. Like Luca's, they're so, church is such family for them. They, Luca always falls asleep at her feet. Have you noticed that? No matter what, he just, that's his safe space. On stage, well done, Mervis and Sonia, for raising your kids like that. Jesus said this in Luke 4, verse 18 to 21. And he rocked the world when he did this. He read from Isaiah, said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has appointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, the blind will see, that the downtrodden will be freed from their oppressors, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. 
And then he declares, that's happening now. And that shook the world. But I feel this is a time that that same spirit is upon us, on every saint. Because he says in his word, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit for harvest. And this is harvest. Captives released. Blind will see. People freed. Time of the Lord's favor. That's harvest. It's the same spirit with the same calling. And he chooses to use his church. And his church consists of you. It's us. Broken us. And he chooses to use us. That's what we are called to do in the Holy Spirit. So Merv, maybe I'm passing you 